this is Kara Foster from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky, and you're listening to our sermons podcast. And if you want to find out more information, you can connect with us at www.madisonvilledisciples.org or come in person at 1030 College Drive, uh, Madisonville, Kentucky. Subscribe and enjoy these podcasts. Well, good morning. Here we are, stewardship season. Each week you have heard from a different ministry, a committee in the life of this church, ways that you can serve and volunteer. And I do hope you've had some time to reflect and think about how all of us are called to use our gifts and how all of us are called to give and to serve. We have certainly weathered some unique challenges these last few years with the pandemic, historic tornado, and frankly, thanks to you, your giving and commitment, I am quite confident that we are ready to face whatever God has in store for us in 2023. I do not say this lightly, but with Christ, all things are possible. And as we continue to hear stories of grace and action, we are ending today with an encounter Jesus had with a woman at the well from Samaria. Today we are in John chapter 4, and I want to begin um, earlier than I had told the screen folks. I'm going to begin reading today in verse 5, and I almost skipped over this part because it's such a long story. I was trying to find places to start, but I actually thought we need to hear beginning in verse 5, because there is a detail about this woman that I want you to listen for that I think tells us something unique about her. So I'm going to begin reading, and if you have your Bibles, you can read along with me. It's John chapter 4, and I'm going to begin in verse 5 today. So Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus was tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. Now verse 7, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman from Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket. The well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and flocks drank from it? And Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I give them will never be thirsty. The water that I give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You're right in saying, I have no husband. You've had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. And the woman said to him, Sir, I see that you're a prophet. 
Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming who is called Christ. And when he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said, I am he, the one who's speaking to you. Just then the disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, what do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? And then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? Our story today is about a Samaritan woman. For any of my fellow Bible nerds here today, this happens to be the longest recorded conversation in all the Gospels that Jesus ever has with anyone. And it happens to be this woman, a Samaritan. Did you catch the detail that I wanted you to hear when I read earlier in the scripture? What time of day does she go to the well? Noon. You know what it feels like in Israel at noon? Hot. Really hot. The sun is blazing down. It's the hottest time of day. The well was the heart of a community. It's the, how they survived. It's where they came to get drinking water and bathing water and cooking water. Going to a well or a river is still very much a reality for millions and millions of people around the world today. When my own brother lived in El Salvador for a few years, he lived in a very nice middle-class apartment in the heart of the capital of San Salvador. And um, he kept a very large tub and lots of buckets in his bathroom because he did have running water, but the water only worked for about two hours of a day. And you never knew what time of day the water would be on. And so you kept big buckets and tubs in your bathroom so you could fill up those buckets so you had it for cooking and showering and uh, cook, uh, flushing the toilet. He needed water for all those things. And he was living the most privileged life. Most people live without running water. It's one of the reasons I love that in our ministry budget every year, we have continued to support the work of Sipad in Nicaragua, longtime global ministries partners with the Christian Church. You are funding by your Sunday offerings clean water projects in rural communities, access to clean and safe drinking water for all. So why noon? Why the hottest time of the day? Most people would go in the morning and night. And frankly, this is a job that was still today is often regulated to women or girls that often have to walk great distances to the well. So why does she go at the hottest time of day when the sun is blazing? Does she want to avoid people? 
Has she gotten stares from other women? Has she heard whispers behind her back? Maybe she goes at the hottest time of the day because, frankly, she doesn't want to make small talk with anybody. And if she knows that if she starts making conversations, somebody might ask her about her life and she doesn't want to talk about it. We learn that she's a woman with a painful past. Five husbands and the one she has now is not her husband. Now this Samaritan woman has been the topic of many a sermon. She's been called a Jezebel, a harlot, worse. She's been the topic of every sermon that focuses on sin or shame or promiscuity. But before we jump to some conclusions about this woman's sin or even her choices in her life, let's stop for a moment to consider what life was like for first century women. She would have had little autonomy or say in her life. Dolly Parton had yet to declare that we could work nine to five to make a living. Uh, she couldn't have worked. There's no education for her. She was dependent upon a male relative in her life. Marriages were arranged by fathers. She had no rights. And I actually take note in the story where there, another story in the Gospels where a woman is caught in adultery and an angry mob brings her to Jesus to have her stoned to death. Jesus tells that woman after she has shown mercy to go and sin no more. He doesn't say that to this woman at the well today. I truly doubt that this is a woman who has been looking for a husband upgrade over and over again. This is a woman who's had to endure. She knows pain. Five husbands and the one she has now is not her husband. We don't know how it came to be, but we know there must be a mountain of pain in her story. It's the kind of pain and shame that makes you choose to walk to the well at the hottest time of day, just so you don't have to look anybody in the eye. She's hurting, and she is shocked when Jesus, this holy man, speaks to her of all people. She can't believe it. And then they begin to have a theological conversation of sorts about their two differences in their traditions. Worship on the mountain, like her people do, worship at the temple, like Jesus' people do. She's curious about Jesus. And that's when he tells her that if she knew who she was talking to, she would be asking him for living waters. She's interested. She likes some of this living water. And Jesus tells her to go and fetch her husband. He just names it. Isn't that like Jesus there's not going to be pretending with him. There's not going to be smiling like everything's fine. How many times has someone said to you when you are not fine, how are you? And you said, I'm fine. And it's such a lie. <laughs> I remember visiting someone from my church years ago in the hospital. She had just gotten a really painful diagnosis and really bad news. In fact, there were not many, if any, medical treatment options available for her. And I walked in, and her husband was sitting beside her in the bed, and he immediately began to say, well, here's the news, and he was telling me, and he said, but we're, we're, we're going to go, we got some second opinion ideas already, I've already made some calls, and there's always some trials, and we're going to look into that, and she just 
stopped us both right there and said, I, it's time for me to be at peace with this. I don't have much more time. She led the way. She spoke the truth. And frankly, after that, the real conversation between us started. That's what the Samaritan woman does. She's so blown away that Jesus speaks right to the heart of her woundedness that she names it too. I don't have a husband. Jesus tells her his truth. I am the Messiah. In John's gospel, this is the very first time he says that out loud. Jesus sees her. Her woundedness, her brokenness, her pain, and her shame, even beyond a society that told the two of them they shouldn't even be talking. And her experience with Jesus at the well frees her. This woman who's seen and known and yet loved. One of my favorite nonprofits out of Nashville, Thistle Farms, they work with women who've been living and working off the streets. And their, their saying for their nonprofit is love heals. Love heals. Her experience of Jesus' love at this well changes her. She drops her old water jars and she goes. She drops the heavy water jars she's been carrying and she goes running to a new future. In fact, in verse 39, John says... Many came to believe in Jesus because of this Samaritan woman's testimony. And I can't help but feel like John is doing something poetic here when he writes his story, when he makes sure for us to hear that she dropped the old water jars before she went. She dropped the heavy jars, all that baggage, all that painful past, everything that was weighing her down, she drops it all, and she runs to a new future, the living waters of Jesus Christ. This weekend, at the regional assembly, I heard one of the preachers, actually it was Reverend Dr. Don Gillette, say during his sermon that his homiletic professor, which is just a fancy word for preaching professor in seminary, um, always told him that he, when he was looking at a story, he couldn't just look for the good news. He needed to look for the bad news in the story. And I immediately thought about what I was preaching on Sunday, and I was like, hmm, well, the good news of this story is so clear, right? It's easy. The good news of this story is that we have a Jesus who will cross all bounds to get to us. The good news is that we have a Savior who loves us even when we didn't love ourselves. And he heals us from our wounds and our shame, the good news of living waters that she spent the rest of her life proclaiming. But what about the bad news? Where's the bad news in this story? There's so much good news here. Where's the bad news? That's what I ask myself. Where's the bad news of this story? What do you think? You know, today is an important day in the life of our church. We commit ourselves to the stewardship of the church in the coming year. And in just a little while, Bill will invite you all to actually get up and to bring your estimate of giving cards forward, to bring even your morning offerings forward. And certainly, if you're new here, especially if you're here for the first time, please know there's no expectation that you must take part in this today. But 
We certainly welcome you to be a part of the life of this church in any way that you feel called to give and to serve. It is an open invitation. But this is a time for all of us to prepare for the ministry of 2023, to think about how we are called to give and to serve here. And since 1849, the first time the people of First Christian Church gathered at the Hopkins County Courthouse, the one that would be burned down during the Civil War. We've had buildings built and buildings lost. There was that fire and the almost five years this church was without a building while this facility and campus was being built. Five years, how hard that must have been. There have been wars, too many to name, Great Depression, a global pandemic, tornadoes, plural, that have impacted our church. We've had a whole host of other challenges and surprises along the way, and yet here we are, ready for a new year of ministry, 2023. For such a time as this, God has called us to be the church. We have challenges the people of 1849 could not even imagine. But yet we also have opportunities. Opportunities to be the church and grateful for all those who have come before us to show us the way. We are not a perfect people. We are a people who have known our own wounds and our pain and our brokenness. But we have a Savior who sees us. We have a Savior who sees us, scars, wounds, and all, and loves us still. We have a Savior that would cross all bounds to get to us. We have a Savior who has called us to be a church that lives out grace and action in the world today because we have experienced it. We've seen it. We know it. His love heals. Now the bad news. It's time for you to drop your water jars and go. Amen. Amen.